Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. A short Bible study every day, only about 13 or so minutes long, but it gets us into God's Word every single day. And since faith comes by hearing the Word of God, boy, it's important that we get into God's Word every day if we possibly can. We want our faith to be strong, to grow stronger, and being in God's Word consistently is the key to that. We encourage you to share these short studies with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means, but with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can, because you know people in your life who need to turn their lives around. They need to grow in their faith. They need to come to God through Christ. You may help somebody do exactly that by sharing these short studies with them. What a blessing for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can, literally. We're going to get back into our new line of thought and study, talking about one of the very most fundamental and basic doctrinal teachings of Christianity, and that's baptism. If we just simply read every verse of Scripture in the entire New Testament that talks about baptism, oh, it's easy to understand. We'll know what we need to do we'll know that we need to be baptized into Christ for the remission of our sins. But the devil does not want us to do that. He does not want us to understand with such clarity this basic and fundamental teaching because it is pivotal to our salvation. And so he has been very skillful in confusing people in their understanding of what the scriptures teach, even though it is so clear and easy to understand. He has been very skillful in clouding people's minds about the necessity of baptism. Well, what is baptism? It begins with understanding with what is the gospel. And in our first section of this study, we read the answer to that or the description or the definition of it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we looked at the first seven or eight verses. And there the apostle Paul laid out in a very succinct form that the gospel The message of salvation that God sent Jesus into this world to bring to mankind as the Savior is simply the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. Now, it is pivotal for us to understand, to learn that gospel message, and how to put it into our lives in an active, obedient way. Because Paul, when he's writing to the Corinthian congregation, they've become Christians already. And he reminds them in verse 1 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I declare to you, now he addresses them as brethren, so they're fellow Christians. I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and in which you stand, by which also you are saved. Oh, the gospel message is the message of salvation from God to man through Christ. Paul preached the gospel to them. They received it. That is, they believed it. And they stood. Even when he wrote this, he said, in which you stand. They were still standing in that gospel message. It was fundamental to their Christianity, to their faith. But he also said, by which also you are saved. It is the message of salvation through Jesus Christ. But then he also said, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, 
unless you believed in vain. So they needed to continue to stand in and live in and be examples of faithful followers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then he explained it very succinctly, just exactly what the gospel is, beginning with verse 3. I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received. He had to learn the same message and obey it. That Christ died on the uh, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. And he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve, then he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater number re, uh, remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep or some have died. And then he was seen by James and then by all the apostles. Then at last of all, he was seen by me also as one born out of due time. Paul said, Jesus died on the cross. He was buried in the tomb. He arose from the grave victorious. And it wasn't just something that people said happened. He appeared before hundreds and hundreds of individuals showing he had been victorious over death. That's the gospel, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ. Now, is it important to us? Oh, indeed it is, because as we noted in 2 Thessalonians chapter, chapter 1, verses 7 through 9, we read that on the final day of judgment, Jesus is going to come with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those or bringing judgment upon those who do not believe God or do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And these shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power, condemned to eternity in hell. Who? Those who do not know God. Who else? Those who have not obeyed the gospel. Now, how do we obey the gospel? Well, we saw that in Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 5, actually through verse 6. Paul asks the rhetorical question. He's addressing Christians again. Romans chapter 6, verse 1, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Well, Christians have been, true Christians have been forgiven of their sins. He answers the question, certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Well, how do we die to sin? Now, remember what the gospel is, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ. Remember that we're going to be held accountable for obeying the gospel on the final day of judgment when the Lord comes. Verse 3. In Romans chapter 6, Paul goes on and says, Do you not know that as many of of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Now, what is the gospel again? The gospel message, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. We're going to be held accountable for obeying the gospel. Paul says, We're baptized into Christ 
And, at, and in doing such, in being baptized into Christ, we're baptized into his death. He goes on and says, therefore, we were buried with him. How? We were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ. That's the gospel. The message is that through the gospel of Christ, we can be forgiven. We can be reborn. We can be made new. We can be saved. And we're going to be held accountable for obeying the gospel. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 7 through 9. How do we obey the gospel? We take part on a spiritual level in the literal death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. We die, we're baptized into his death. We die to the guilt of our sins as we're baptized into his death. We're buried with him through baptism. Now, you don't sprinkle a little water, a, a little dirt on somebody to bury him. You cover him up in the grave. We're immersed with Christ, and baptism really means immersion. That's what the word means. We're buried with him through baptism into death. So we're baptized into his death. We die to that old life and guilt of sin. We're buried with him as we're baptized into death. And we're raised with him. We're naturally, we come up out of the waters from that watery grave, reborn spiritually. He came up alive physically. We come up alive spiritually because we have been forgiven of our sins and we have been reborn through our obedience to the gospel, baptized into his death, buried with him through baptism, and raised up from that watery grave of baptism, reborn spiritually. Now, why do I say that's the point at which we are born again? Because what Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. Nicodemus at first had a difficult time understanding what Jesus meant. But in verse 3, he said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And then in verse 5, after Nicodemus said, How can a man be born again? Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Born again through the waters of baptism. Baptized into Christ's death. Buried with him through baptism. And raised up from that watery grave. Reborn spiritually. Made new. Saved. We'll study some more next time. Let's pray together. Father, you are so awesome. Your grace is so incredible. Your love for us is really beyond words. Thank you for sending Christ to that cross to die, to ultimately to be, be buried, and then to arise from the grave alive, showing the power, his power from you over death. 
And thank you, Father, for making the way for us to take part on a spiritual plane, on a spiritual level, in his death, burial, and resurrection through baptism, through which we are born again. Praise, glory, and honor, and thanks be to you, Father. Please forgive us and guide people all over the world to see the wonderful way through which they can be made new and come to salvation through Christ. Praise be to you, Father. Please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Christ's name, amen.